Hello and welcome. My name is Paul Tamalis. Welcome to our second episode of Hammer Time, a property perspective. We've had plenty of time on our hands in the last couple of weeks, and I thought it'd be a valuable opportunity to hand over the microphone to a few others in our industry and get their perspective on real estate. We all know that COVID-19 has been having a big influence on everyone's lives. Today, we're looking to discuss how it's influencing finance for vendors, buyers, and those that are working in the real estate industry. Alan Heenan, mortgage broker at Bayside Finance and Property, he joins us. I don't know that a barefoot investor, Alan, has ever been a pretty picture, but it's fair to say your shoes are well and truly on. Thanks for joining us. I may have mentioned to you a couple of days ago, my phone has gone quiet the last couple of weeks. How about yours? Paul, how are you? Um, my phone has actually been quite the opposite. It's been uh, quite frenetic, the phone calls, um, all across different parts of the industry. Uh, clearly, a lot of COVID-19 discussions, clearly a lot of confused uh, clients, both on the, the landlord and on the tenant side of things, uh, on the purchaser side of things. So they've Certainly been a lot of phone conversation to try and work through the the myriad of uh, confusion that that exists in the marketplace. But uh, so it's uh, I've set the set the phone aside for you, Paul. Uh, but it has been running pretty hot. So aside from the obvious, which is people are concerned about their health, what are their other concerns? A lot of the concerns mainly uh, centred around what the lending restrictions, if any, have been. Um, that's that's been taken up a fair amount of communication. The other is has probably been on the landlord side, and more so what the COVID nineteen and the government either policy legislation or discussion has been around uh, as to how it directly affects them. And they've been the main two areas that uh, of conversation. And how has the mediation process been going as, as a mortgage broker between the landlord and buyer and the banks? And what are you hearing from both sides, particularly from the bank side? It's certainly added another hat to what we do as mortgage brokers. And a lot like real estate agents, I imagine we be, we've become counsellors as well. Um, certainly, on the, if I take the bank side of things at the moment, the bank side of things really has been Business as usual to a point. Uh, they're certainly still approving loans. They're taking on uh, loan assessments. Certainly their timeframes have blown out a little bit, but no doubt they've become a little bit cautious in the current environment, clearly asking more questions and, and, and having more uh, documentation required than ever before. But on the main, um, I'm still finding that banks are open for business and loans are being approved. Um, on the on the landlord side of things, it really has been getting their head around what uh, what it means from them in respect of a tenant and their tenant's ability to pay the mortgage versus their own struggles, whether or not they've lost their job, had reduced hours, and 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 how hardship process works for them. What I have found in the discussions when, when we when we walk through each individual circumstance is that the hardship requests have not been as fluid or as many as I thought there would be. Most people tend to be taking a watch and act um, philosophy at the moment. 
certainly those that have, you know, they've lost their job, lost their income, have no no choice but to go down the hardship path. But most haven't gone down that path yet. Uh, waiting on government policy to come out in the different areas before they make a final decision. But they are, they are certainly keeping in close communication with me, that's for sure. And would you say that in the context of residential real estate and commercial real estate, uh, that conversation from the banks, both from, for a landlord as well, is consistent across the whole industry or does it vary? It certainly varies commercial versus residential. Residentially, I guess it's seen more as, as the mum and dad type investor in the residential space. So it's, it's a little bit more, um, ha, have they directly been impacted by loss of job? Whereas in the commercial space, it seems to be more around commercial tenancies and the ability for the commercial tenant to be able to continue within that tenancy. So they're the main two differences that I'm seeing. However, the conversations are very similar. It's just garnered towards which particular segment of the market we're talking about. This might be a, uh, a bit of a strong question, uh, particularly for banks out there, but uh, do you think that they will defer or waive any mortgage repayments, seeing as commercial landlords are having to defer and waive rental repayments from their tenants? Yes, I do, is the short answer. Um, the actual process, uh, and I, like many Australians, heard um, some two, two odd weeks ago that the government were going to ins, you know, insist that banks take a, a stance on uh, either a, a deferment or a waiver of rents, whether it be commercial or residential at that point in time. And there's no, you know, no doubt that the commercial side of things has now gone through, um, through law. Um, whereas the residential side is still a little bit up in the air. However, what I've what I've seen through the process of going down this hardship claim is that banks aren't necessarily in in totality happy just to simply provide a six month holiday on a, a, a landlord's or a homeowner's repayments. They are taking some some preliminary steps before they make that decision. I.e. Does the actual uh, borrower, do they have savings in their current facility, whether it's in a savings account, an offset account? If the answer to that is yes, they're wanting those clients to use those funds to assist with the loan repayments. If the answer is no, they then will defer to the next uh, next point in call, and that is whether or not the current facility is on a principal and interest loan or an interest-only loan. And whether, if it is on principal and interest, whether that change over to interest only will uh, will impact in a positive way in respect of the client's uh, ability to keep maintaining their mortgage. There are some banks that absolutely uh, are, are, are taking less, uh, less question and more direction of saying, yes, we'll grant the holiday. But over, overall, I'm seeing that the banks are still wanting to actually put some parameters around well, is it a legitimate claim? Is there legitimate hardship? Has the tenant not paid their rent or, or looks like they're going to struggle to pay their rent before they actually go down the path of deferring the home loans? But the banks certainly are deferring home loans. That's That, that, was, the, uh, that, that was your question and they, they certainly are. And that uh, approach, uh, would you say it's consistent across all banks? It's pretty consistent. Um, I haven't heard or seen any bank that's turned around and said we're not providing any hardship um, approvals. 
the certainly the the, the majors are um, asking a few questions surrounding the, the things that I just said in respect of offset savings and interest only. Um, however, if if the answers and what I'm seeing is if the answers to those questions are that my tenant can't pay the rent, I don't have any savings in offset, I'm directly impacted by COVID-19 because I don't have any income, then they're absolutely um, a, a deferring uh, or providing a six-month holiday on their loan repayments. In the second tier side, um, same sort of answer. However, they are probably delving a little bit more into, well, can we can we provide some form of evidence that uh, the, the tenant's not paying? Um, they will look to have the loan put on interest only where possible before they go down the full path of granting the, the full six-month hardship. But whether it's majors, second, third tier lenders, they are all, um, and I'll take my hat off to the banks for this piece, they are all really trying to provide the best possible outcome for their client in that hardship case. Alan, there's been some examples uh, from tenants that have tried to take advantage of the current situation. Yep. And, and it's made landlords and their property managers cautious and they're having to do a bit more work to qualify these hardship applications. Have you seen uh, that translate into the way some people yep. are taking advantage of this situation for their mortgages with the banks? Yes, absolutely. I'd like to say that all Australians are all doing the right thing, but there clearly is some opportunistic people out there. And I have had first uh, firsthand phone conversations with uh, with landlords in respect of their tenants doing that. Um, you know, example A would be a client ringing me um, saying, my tenant has directly approached me for a rent reduction. That rent reduction um, was clearly not because the person has suffered a, an income or a, a loss of job from COVID-19. Um, their circumstances has not been changed or affected in one, uh, one iota. However, has seen this as an advantage and directly responded to that tenant, uh, sorry, to that landlord. Now, the landlord didn't know how to handle it, to be honest. Um, clearly, if, you know, my advice going back through the property manager, but understand where the property managers are coming from, asking for some proof of and evidence that loss of job has occurred and that there has been a direct impact. Um, my discussion with that landlord was clear. If that client had had really suffered a loss of job and an income and an income, and was impacted by COVID nineteen, he was more than happy to assist that tenant. Um, he knew the tenant's circumstances and knew that they hadn't lost their job and knew that their circumstances hadn't changed. So that's you know really clear evidence that there are some people out there that are going to be, see this as an opportunistic opportunistic way to try and uh, avoid paying their rents. I think it's fair to say, given what everyone's got going through their heads, both uh, you know, personally and professionally at the moment, that you know, you know, everyone should be acting in the Australian way to free up some time for those that actually need it would be my summation of that. Um, but as we do look to pivot and focus a little bit more on our industry and for the professionals inside of them, I did mention before that my phone has slowed down and I know that auctions, um, quite rightly, are probably not the top, not top of mind for many many of those out there, both buying and selling. Um, you know, For people like myself, a, an auctioneer, an agent, a property manager, an agency owner, someone that owns their own business, um, is there light at the end of the tunnel and is there still opportunity for them to be speaking to people like yourself to apply 
and to be investing um, because more than ever we need money to be flowing through the economy. If people do want to go out there and buy real estate or do want to develop, refurbish their house, maybe even you know, borrow for another business, um, how does that landscape look for property professionals right now? Yeah, uh, it's a really good question. It, it, it is. Um, when I said my phone was ringing off the hook, um, primarily it wasn't about the new business piece and it primarily was about trying to assist through the, and navigate through COVID-19. But there has been some some opportunities, opportunities that I've seen flow via COVID-19 and directly looking at the industry that you're involved in, the real estate, uh, and real estate services industry. One of the most pleasing things that a senior banker said to me was that we're looking at this as a six-month six month thing. We believe that life will go back to normal and we are assessing as if that's going to be the case. So where you may hear some industry or some talk surrounding uh, certain industries being blacklisted, I guess, as a uh, is the word for for lending um, and for opportunities. In the main, it's it's probably true, but it's not the entire sector. I have you know had a look at the cross section of all of the clients that I've dealt with over the past two to three weeks, and had loans formally approved for in a residential basis, whereby they uh, were either buying property, renovating, um, or, or even refinancing. And it was interesting that the, 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 the property, there were two clients, life insurance, property services, architects, two in retail, petrol stations, builders, electricians. So there's a cross-section and a lot of them uh, have some form of real estate component to it. And what I'm finding is that the banks are still open for business. They're still prepared to provide approvals so long as we can mitigate against the next three to six months. So then the words of the assessor that I spoke to directly um, involved somebody within the real estate industry was that that person has showed us a history of earning X amount of dollars in 2018 and 2019. We absolutely know that for the next three to six months that their income is going to be substantially reduced. But we've got this two-year history to know that once COVID-19 finishes, they have the ability to go back into a, an environment that is conducive to good sales um, and, and activity in real estate, and they will get back to where they once were. So as long as we can mitigate against the current three months, then I'm seeing that it is business as usual. Yes, there's questions that the banks are going to ask us. Give you an example. How has your business been impacted by COVID-19? What are your expected cash flow needs for the three next three to six months outside of any government support that you have? Based on your cash flow requirements for the next three to six months, what funding do you require? So what they're getting at there is saying, well, let, let's uh, take the fact that over the next three to six months, you're going to earn 30, 50, 70,000, whichever the number is, is, is not, not that relevant to how they determine it. What savings have we got put in place? What 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 equity do we have within the property? And if we've actually even got to go down the path of saying, well, those savings are there to cover the next three to six months of repayments, we've got equity in our property that's going to be covered the interest payments over the next three to six months. 
in real estate, what has the real estate agent done? Have they gone into the online um, online auctions or online virtual inspections? Um, are they having their one-on-one appointments? What sort of activities have they, has the real estate agent or the agency itself done to try and impact or limit the damage of COVID-19? As long as we can mitigate against the 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 perceived income drop over the next three to six months, we can paint the picture of where the, the agent has come from in the past. We can paint the picture of where the agent's likely to be in the future, and we've got the means to get through the next three to six months. Then we have no, uh, we're not. I'm not seeing anyway any um, declines. That's for the for the real estate agent or the that work within the in the industry that are looking at um, purchasing uh, an investment, restructuring, renovating in the current market. There's also other products out there in the market that are probably there more so to help the real estate agent to get through the next three to six months. Even as as far as as an hour ago, I confirmed with one of the majors whether or not uh, they are still in the market of lending to real estate agents. The answer was yes. Whether they were still um, in the market of using the real estate agent rent roll as a form of security, and the answer was still yes. So that to me was a good sign that whilst the the activities of a real estate agent may be limited um, in April 2020, the banks are still there to support in those type of products and those type of um, solutions, even if they are in a a short-term three to six-month solution to get people through so as the professionals out there that are listening to this talk it's fair to say that you know there's still work to do and from the bank side they're working diligently to work through this period with their customers Um, would you say that that is a different landscape to some of the other down periods we've seen in previous years that you may have been involved with and this is a standalone situation it's very true. I mean, it, it, it is an out-of-the-box situation that we've never seen in Australia before. Now, during the global financial crisis, there was a, a, you know, a reasonable cry that banks were not on the same page as its customers. And there was, you know, whether it was financial planning, lending, return deposits, all of those banking products, um, the backlash that there was was that they were out of touch with what was going on and their clients were not. Um, they, they, they were not assisted through the process. This is the total reverse. Um, banks are assisting their, their clients, um, and most of most of the population are doing the right thing by the banks. So they really are working hand in hand at the moment. Yes, timeframes might be thrown out the window a little bit at the moment between what the banks can and can't do. Appreciate the fact that the amount of phone calls that the banks are receiving in their customer service areas, in their hardship areas, it, it's immense. So their timeframes aren't as well-oiled as they once were. But I do see that the banks and their customers are working hand-in-hand together. And that's whether it's through hardship or that's whether it's through purchasing a new property, restructuring. Um, there's, you know, there's certainly a, a segment of the market has been caught up in I purchased the property in February. I'm due to settle it in April, May. We're in a landscape whereby um, in February there was very little COVID-19 discussion. Settlement's coming up in May. There has had to be a lot of 
massaging and handheld-ing process through that through the last four weeks of that particular process. And I've seen that the banks, in most cases, have been able to uh, put closure on that particular transaction and peace of mind. I know that in the last week, I've had a dozen different clients that have been quite, uh, you could feel the stress in their voice. Once they got the loan formal approval, that stress disappeared. And it really was worry about how what COVID-19 impact had on the process. Um, so no, I, I think the banks are doing a pretty good job um, in trying times and the customers are both, um, you know, vendor, purchaser, they're all working in line with knowing that there is some timeframes that are thrown out the window. Um, so it's, they are working pretty well together. Good to hear some light at the end of the tunnel, Alan. Well, in true form as an auctioneer, we do finish everything off with three calls and today won't be any different. Our first call from today's discussion is the banks are relatively optimistic. They're business as usual and they are offering good support to their customers. Second call, real estate professionals working in the industry are not on the blacklist, which is a welcome relief, particularly for myself. And our third call, life will go back to normal. I'd like to thank you for joining us and for our listeners. Thank you for being here in our second episode on Hammer Time, a property perspective.